there are horrors beyond life's edge that we do not suspect. And once in a while, man's evil prying calls them just within our range. H.P. Lovecraft According to Greek mythology, Pandora was the first woman to walk the earth. The gods bestowed upon her the choicest gifts, including a jar, which we now refer to as a box. The gods told Pandora to never open the box. But despite this warning, unable to rein in her curiosity, Pandora opened the container to see what was inside. At that moment, all manners of misery and evil that the gods hid in the box started pouring out and covering the earth. Although hope remained inside the box, the damage was done and the evil was unleashed. Mankind unwittingly releasing a subdued evil is an ancient concept, but seems to be a case that happens all too often in modern times. Join us tonight as we open the Dybbuk box and see what terrors it contained on this malodorous episode of Snipe Hunt. Welcome back to Snipe Hunt, your frightening folklore podcast. I am your cursed host, Darren Young. And guess who's back? Your haunted host, Gary Clevenstein. Yay! Yay! The man, the myth, the legend. Hello, everybody. You're here! Uh, Episode-wise, it wasn't really a long time. It's only been like two or three episodes since you've been back, but... I kind of announced this, but you decided to take a break mm-hmm. from the podcast. And it was like the exact same time I was going to take a hiatus. So it ended up working out pretty well. Um, it did. But this... welcome back. Thank you. Good Thank to have you. you. Good to see yours. Oh, and we're not recording remotely anymore. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. recorded like all of our episodes last year this remotely. Is nice. We are like here face to face, brand new equipment. Audio sounds beautiful. We can hear ourselves in our headphones yes. for the first time ever in real time. We literally just started up. It's weird because we've never done that. We've we've always had yeah, we've problems. always had issues. I did some setup beforehand, but literally I just plugged everything in. Usually it's right. like, oh, hold on, Gary, you sit there for yeah. forty minutes while I mess with this. <laughs> but no, it sounds good. So uh, I kind of announced this on the last episode as well, but we did get a new logo. Gary, what do you think about the logo? You can be honest. <laughs> it's it's not it's different. It's it is different. different. Yeah, it's not as fun. I don't think, but it's. Uh, I think it's like you said. It does set the tone a little bit better for yep. what yep. we're doing here. I so. I agree, and I do miss the old bird. Like we, I like the bird. That's that's what I'm saying. I like the old bird. Yes, if, if Ethan, could, if you're listening, you yes. did an amazing job on the bird. I'm, I'll probably text you later if you're not listening. But if you can give me the source files for that bird, mm-hmm. we we will bring it back on something. Yes. Or other, maybe some merch, <laughs> if we ever get to that point. <laughs> if the universe wills it. Yeah, if the universe wills it. Oh, yeah, we're doing new equipment. Mm-hmm. This is sort of a test run. I've been using it for the other episodes, but this is the first time we've all been mic'd up facing each Dude, other. Dude, every time I've listened to your episode, and I've texted you that the audio was amazing. Thank like, you. I was dead serious. Like, yeah. It was like, yes. Yeah. It's like, man, I want to be there. I mess, I mess around with a lot of this stuff. Oh, but. man. For the one person wondering, because I had, did have one person text me, um, sorry, there's a lot of announcements today, but Gary's back, so that's yeah. why. The reason why I did 
uh, the unforeseen circumstances, the reason why I did the uh, Encounters episode last episode uh. is because me and Gary were all set to record. Mm-hmm. The episode was there. All mm-hmm. the equipment was in. We were ready. Mm-hmm. And then now that the pandemic is pr- – it's not over. It's not over, but it's pretty much over. Gary was like, hey, I'm going to get COVID. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, which, which was weird because, like, I, I, I wasn't sick. Right. I wasn't sick. And I was like – I just got, like – stuffy nose right yeah but there was a guy at work you know started that new job and he was sick but then i found out the week after i'd worked with him that he tested positive oh yeah so i was like shoot so it's it's not your fault that you got COVID. it wasn't my no no it wasn't anything i was just trapped in a sardine can with a guy with COVID. yeah plus you were vaccinated so it's just like yeah yeah, so i thought i was so that's probably why golden it's probably why you weren't as sick it's probably because your your immune system was already built up it's true so yeah. and yeah. I, I usually don't catch I, that's one thing i brag about so i was like I don't, I don't catch crap from people and then go figure <laughs> i don't catch crap from people Damn. me play the it's always sunny music first Gary the herpes, catches crap from someone first the herpes <laughs> now the covid like what like what's happening is this what age does yeah it's <sighs> just you're you're old now that's what it Cause is you're old all right so we're back after our second long hiatus so i guess this makes this season three uh, we aren't purposely doing seasons, but that's pretty much how it's ending up. So welcome to season three, Gary. Yeah. <laughs> Exciting stuff. Yeah. Oh, man. But uh, before we got we get started, Darren did update the Snipe Hump YouTube channel yes. to include the latest episodes, except the werewolf episode, which has gone mysteriously missing from the hard drive, which is to be expected. No, it's spooky, Gary. Our Halloween episode is missing from the hard drive. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Ghosted it. I, I don't know how many of you listen to us on YouTube, but uh, yeah, but just in case, yeah, yeah. So that's updated. I'm going to keep it updated. Uh, probably going to mix up some other stuff, and we there. will eventually get to video. Yes, so that is coming. Yes, uh, I wasn't going to announce it yet. <laughs> I mean, oh. not, that, not that it matters. Oh. Not that it matters. But we are going to get some video worked out so we can actually. Well, you are going to edit this. See, you, do you edit it all? Yes, I, this, I, I. Oh, well then. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, no, we'll announce it now. <laughs> it's fine. No, but uh, just we call are... me Tom Holland. Yeah, yeah. Just spoiler alert: we're coming to video to a theater near you. Yeah, that's coming soon. Oh, and as I mentioned to you earlier, off the air. Yes, you did. I have noticed that we're getting a lot, a lot more Facebook likes. A lot for us. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Perfect for, for, for what we're used to. Absolutely. So that's good. So yeah, uh, thank you guys for liking the Facebook page that will definitely inspire us to do more and better. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. But yeah, keep that rolling. Uh, the more likes we have on our Facebook page, the mm. more potential listeners we open up to in like any way you can spread through word of their mouth. But, uh, yeah, just say, you know what? They're, they're mediocre at this podcast thing, <laughs> but they're, po- I feel like I know them. This podcast kind of sucks, yeah. but they got, they got, there's something there. But they're there's pretty cool. There. Yeah, they're pretty they're cool. They're pretty cool. Guys. I'd hang out with them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyways, what's today's subject? She has me like a demon when I am weak. I've been locked inside your dibic box for whole weeks. That's right, it's the dibic box. 
This allegedly haunted item first found its way to notoriety via its 2003 eBay listing. 2003 was definitely a good year for possessed items as past subject Robert the Doll, you weren't here for that episode, sorry, Hmm. (laughs) was also sold on the auction site the same year. So 2003, everything's going on eBay, every haunted item ever. Robert, I wasn't? No, it was that was the one Sam was on, uh, and you were supposed to make it. Okay, all right. Yeah, I was gonna so. say that sounds. Mm, it was a good listen, episode. I just though. To it. <laughs> so, so if you haven't listened to it, go ahead and listen to our Haunted Dolls episode. It's really good. Plugging our own podcast on our podcast. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, the subject's interesting because I think like everyone has heard of the Dybbuk box, but no one really knows the story behind it. You've heard of the Dybbuk box, right? Yeah. Was yeah. it like the the Conjuring? The, the movie? The Conjuring? Yeah, or the Possession? Yeah, there's the, there, it's I mentioned in The Possession, but it doesn't really play a huge role. There was that one movie where the little girl goes to a yard sale and her dad <clears> lets, him buy, lets her buy that little yeah, box. Yeah, I, that's The Possession. And okay. Confirmed. <laughs> because I saw it come up a million times during my research. So, okay. but, so you've heard of it. And I think a majority of people have heard of it. Um, I love but, it so much. Yeah, I thought I knew everything about it. Then going into it, I was like, oh, crap, I don't know anything about it. <laughs> Uh, I also picked it because even if you do know about the subject, you may not know the whole story as there are new experiences with this thing, even as recent as last year in 2020. And yes, it is the Dybbuk box. Even before I started researching it, I thought there were multiple boxes, but nope, it's just one unique creepy container. Hmm. Although there are some cursed canisters on eBay that go by the same name, those didn't start popping up until the real box grew in infamy. So basically, there's one real box, and then everyone's like, you know what? I can sell a Dybbuk box on eBay. Huh. So they just make all these Dybbuk boxes I found. And we'll, we'll get in that later. But right. just gonna, so you know, there is. I was going to do my normal thing where I say, uh, I thought I just thought it was a, a box that you, you trap spirits in, and that's a Dybbuk. I thought that was. Right, right. Box. You thought it was like like a tool. But it's a box. Yes, it's, it's one box. One box. That happens. Gotcha. To, that, well, we'll get into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just one box. It's not like a tool. Uh, wizards or witches or what have you use. It's one specific box. Definition, man. Now yeah. that we have you back. <laughs> what exactly is the Dybbuk box? Well, <laughs> first we need to know what a Dybbuk is. First and foremost. Let's look at a simplified description of a Dybbuk. Let's hear it, Gary. According to the Encyclopedia Britannica, a Dybbuk, plural Dybbukim, in Jewish folklore, is a dismembered human. Disembodied spirit. Not not dismembered. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I mean, could be, but. It could be. That's how they got there. All right. A disembodied human spirit that, because of former sins, wanders restlessly until it finds a haven in the body of a living person. So it's a spirit that possesses people. Okay, Mm. so what is... We know one half of it. Now what is a box? Well, Darren, it's a container with a flat base and sides, typically square or rectangular, and having a lid. Oh, okay. So basically, mm. if, I, if I'm getting this straight, a Dybbuk box is a combination of the two, right? Correct. Okay. Mm. And that's, that's the Dybbuk box. Uh, thanks for tuning in this episode. Yeah. Uh, without anything further ado, thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah. Once again, we want to thank you for listening to Sniper. Okay, okay. But really, yeah. <laughs> okay. But really, let's take a close look at the Dybbuk. 
Uh, Dibbuk is a Yiddish word of Hebrew origin, which means to cleave or adhere to. Now, the word cleave is interesting because I've always understood it to mean like to cut or separate something, you know, like a cleaver. Cleaver. Like, you know, the big knife thing Mm -hmm. they use to cut meat. And it does mean that, so I wasn't wrong, Um, but it also has a second definition, which means the opposite, uh, to adhere or stick fast to. And that's the definition we need today because a dibbuk is a clinging spirit. What is it clinging to? Well, usually a person, and usually clings by means of spiritual possession. So the dibbuk is a spirit that possesses people. Uh, The concept of a dibbuk is the human spirit of a sinner that sticks around on earth and attaches itself to a living physical host. Now, the term dibbuk doesn't actually appear in any actual Hebrew texts, such as the Torah, which is essentially the first part of the Old Testament of the Bible, nor the Talmud, which is the central text of Judaism, nor even the main text of Jewish mysticism, the Zohar, which is not to be confused with Adam Sandler's character, the Zohan, in that Awful, awful movie. Don't mess with the Zohan. That movie was amazing. <laughs> it was all right. It was all right. So it seems that the Divic was born out of pure spoken Jewish folklore, but the concept of spiritual possession is ancient in itself, and there are many horror films that feature the concept of demonic possession, a.k.a. every horror film ever. <laughs> yeah. would, uh, would Venom be a type of hmm. Divic? Maybe not spiritual possession, but it does require a living host. Mm-hmm. Um but I think it's the missing that spiritual aspect. But I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So if Venom, like, you know, wrapped itself around a box, be a Venom box. Okay. So is the Dybbuk a demon? Well, I guess it depends on your definition of a demon. At first, the Dybbuk is just referred to as an evil spirit, which is essentially what demons are. But later on, the Dybbuk was narrowed down to meaning a malevolent human whose soul was not allowed to pass on because of the sins committed while alive. So still an evil spirit, and it was generally thought that a dibbuk could only possess one that has committed sin and could only be exercised by a rabbi. So Gary, if you're if you've been a bad bad boy, mm-hmm. you're open to possession for a dibbuk. Unlike me, who is a good noodle, yes, and cannot be possessed by a dibbuk. I don't want to have to ever call a rabbi for anything. <laughs> I don't even know how you would get a hold of a rabbi. <laughs> we're in, we're in Northwest Arkansas, <laughs> right? I mean, surely there's something around here. Hey, let me see your schnitzel. (laughs) Snip, snip. Oh. (laughs) While I'm in there, I might as well get rid of this divic. (laughs) While I'm in there. (laughs) Gary, you're offending all of our Jewish (laughs) listeners. (laughs) All zero that we have. (laughs) And if we had one, we certainly don't. (laughs) I apologize. Ah, That's fine. I'm, I'm sure rabbis can take a joke. I mean, there's all those jokes about the rabbis. So, mm-hmm. you know, like a rabbi, a priest, walking to a bar. Mel Brooks, man. He's like a Jewish... He's like a Jewish guy. He's a Jewish director. <laughs> Made all the old movies, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. All right. So, I say all this to provide context for our subject and to highlight the line between a dibbuk and a demon, as we know it, is blurry to near non-existent, depending on how you define them. All right. So, you got that? Mm-hmm. No questions so far? No. All right, let's move on. I'm golden. <laughs> All right, now on to the pernicious package itself. The box is actually a wooden wine cabinet that measures 12 and a half inches tall, 16 and a quarter inches wide, and seven and a half inches deep. The cabinet consists of two doors that swing outward and a small drawer below the two doors. 
Each door has a motif of a bunch of grapes, exposing its original purpose to store wine. Now, I'm going to post pictures everywhere about it, so if you can't picture it in your mind right now, just go to one of our social media pages. For some reason, I thought you said 12 and a half feet tall. Yes, 12 and a half feet tall. Inches tall. It's a small compact box. You can carry it around. That's what I was, that's what I was thinking. I was it's like, not, Wait a it's, it's a Dybbuk box, not a Dybbuk wardrobe. <laughs> Dybbuk cabinet. You, there, when you open it, there's not Narnia, but pure evil inside instead. <laughs> so it's like the opposite of the wardrobe. Okay. Not bad. <laughs> okay. So it's 12 and a half inches tall. Okay. Now keep in mind that the concept of a Dybbuk box is not one rooted in Jewish folklore. Tonight's subject is the first and only genuine, quote-unquote, version that we know of. Now, the story of this contemptible cupboard is a spooky one. So let's go ahead and transition into spooky stories. Spooky stories. <laughs> which, which are all based on the account given by Kevin Manis' original eBay listing. And yes, I did have to go to the source to find all these alliterations like pernicious package and contemptible cupboard. I went the extra mile just for you guys. That's just how you roll, though. That is how I roll, honestly. I... There's another great podcast out there, not to plug another podcast or competition, but uh, it's Cryptonaut Podcast, hosted by Rob Morphy, who has a great website where I visit a lot of times, and he's huge into alliteration, and I love it. So shout out to Rob Morphy. If you listen to them, if you email them, let us know that we sent you so they can give us a shout out in return. (laughs) That would be nice. All right, so let's go ahead and get into it. I will play the Spooky Story intro now. In September of 2001, furniture refinisher Kevin Manis attended an estate sale in Portland, Oregon, looking for some new pieces for his store. The items being auctioned belonged to a woman who passed away at the ripe old age of 103. The woman's granddaughter at the estate sale gave Manis the history of her grandmother. Havila was born in and grew up in Poland, where she lived until she was sent to a Nazi concentration camp during World War II. It is not hard to imagine the horrors that she must have witnessed and endured while in the concentration camp. Her parents, brothers, sister, husband, and sons were all killed in the camp. But Havila survived by escaping with some other prisoners and fleeing to Spain. It was in Spain where she acquired a curious wine cabinet, which was one of only three items she brought with her when she immigrated to the United States. The others being a steamer trunk and a sewing box. The wine cabinet was clearly an item of great personal importance. Manis made a few purchases at the estate liquidation, including the wine cabinet and the sewing box. After the sale, Manis was approached by Havila's granddaughter who gestured towards the wine cabinet and said, I see you got the Dybbuk box. Manis asked her to elaborate and she explained that growing up, her grandmother kept the wine cabinet in the sewing room. The cabinet was always closed and set out of reach. When she asked her grandmother what was inside the cabinet, Havila would spit three times between her fingers and said, a Dybbuk and Kesselim, and told her that the wine cabinet was to never, ever be opened. Havila wished the wine cabinet to be buried with her, but contrary to the rules of a Jewish Orthodox burial, that wish was not honored. At this point, Manis thought the cabinet was an important family keepsake and offered the granddaughter to be there when the cabinet was opened. The granddaughter refused, as the original owner was very stern and solemn in her wish that it would never be opened, 
and the granddaughter wished to honor that request. At this point, Manus deemed the cabinet too important to buy, so he offered the item back to the granddaughter, but she refused and exclaimed, No, no, you bought it. Manus explained that he didn't want a refund, and that it would make him feel better in giving it back as an act of kindness. The granddaughter then became upset and yelled, You bought it! You made a deal! We don't want it! And she began to cry and demanded that he leave. Manus thought the way that she reacted was strange, but wrote the whole episode off to stress and grief that she was surely experiencing, and so he left with his purchases. Hmm. All right, so we've got quite a setup here. That's when my red flag went on. She started right. screaming at me like, no, so, no, no, you bought it. You, you bought it. it. You go. Get out of here. <laughs> we don't want you here. Yeah. You already bought your You already bought your stuff. She supposedly didn't know what the deal was with it. Though. Yeah, and she's like, oh, you got the Dybbuk box. Oh, here's the whole history behind it. And yeah. he's like, oh, that's interesting. Um, do you want do you want to be there when I open it? Because it seems really important. She's like, no, no, get out of here. Take your take <laughs> well, the box with you. Well, she said grandma never told her anything about it. So like she just knew that grandma didn't want her to open it. Yeah, just don't open the box. Right. Do not open it. So I mean, the fact that she was paranoid, I, I don't know. It just Yeah, it's so it's almost like a setup for just like a horror movie. You right. go to an estate sale yeah. of a mysterious old elderly person and then you must acquire a mysterious artifact and the family wants you to leave immediately with said artifact that's when i'd be like you know what never mind so i'm going to spoil a little bit for you manis the guy who just bought the box Mm -hmm. he must be colorblind because there's millions of red flags throughout the story and he doesn't see (laughs) any of them not even one so at this point i mean this one's understandable though it's just like oh yeah you know there's there's a lot going on in her life right now her grandma just died she has to get rid of all this stuff Stress, grief, I get it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily consider red, I'd be like, well, I was weird, but I wouldn't be like, yeah, red flag. Right. The fact that she's focusing on a specific item out of the three I bought, though, that would be weird. Yeah. Oh, and when you said Havala spit through her fingers three times mm-hmm. and mentioned Dybbuk and Kesselim, no idea what the spit through fingers three times, whatever. I guess it's just like to ward off something. It seems like almost like something you do, like throw. Uh, salt over your shoulder to prevent bad luck or something like that. If you guys know the significance behind that, let me know because I couldn't find it. Hmm. And then uh, she I mentioned like spit in my palm. No, she like like I don't know. She like spit through her fingers, like made a hole with her finger, thumb was, spit through them. It or? was a gross joke. Dude. I was making a <laughs> oh, disgusting joke. Oh, oh, Gary, <laughs> Gary. See, this is why you're open to Dybbuk position possession. <laughs> And I am not, because it just went right over my yeah, head. I was just saying, I yeah, I'm going to that one. Okay. And also she mentioned Keselim, which isn't actually Hebrew or Yiddish, which is typically the uh, language that uh, Jewish people speak, but it's actually Turkish, which means let us cut. And what's interesting about that is what did we learn about the word Dybbuk earlier? It means to cleave which has two meanings, which is one to adhere to, and one, which means to cut. Mm-hmm. Mm. I haven't heard anyone else make that connection, so maybe I'm reaching, but maybe I'm just a genius. <laughs> there you go. New information. A reason to listen to this podcast. You heard it here. You heard it here first. Let's get back to our spooky story. And so Manus brought the cabinet to his furniture refinishing store and put the item in his basement workshop. Manus planned to refinish the cabinet and give it to his mother as a gift. He opened his store for the day and went off to run errands while he left one of his employees in charge of the shop. 
Half an hour later, he received a call from his hysterical employee who was screaming that someone was in the basement workshop breaking glass and swearing. The iron security gates and emergency exit in the shop were all mysteriously locked and the employee was trapped in the store with the intruder. As Manis was telling her to call the police, his cell phone unexpectedly died. Manish rushed back to the store where he found the gates locked. He ran inside and found his employee sobbing on the floor in the corner of his office. Manis then went into the basement. His nostrils were assaulted by the pungent, unmistakable smell of cat urine. He did not keep any animals in the shop. He tried to flip on the lights, but they would not turn on. Upon investigation, he discovered the source of the sounds of breaking glass. All of the light bulbs in the basement had exploded, and the fluorescent tubes from one of the fixtures lay shattered on the floor. Manis did not find an intruder, and the only exit from the basement was the stairs that he had just come down. He went up to speak to his employee, but she was gone. She quit her job and refused to ever speak about the incident ever again. At this point, Manis did not connect the incidents to the cabinet. So here we go. Another incident, and Manis doesn't connect it at all. And once again, understandable, you don't really make the connections in your brain automatically. I mean, we obviously do because we're reading the story in hindsight. But yeah, so far, cat urine, and so far, exploding light bulbs. Go downstairs. Damn it, Skittles! <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm about to say, so Skittles broke in, broke all the light bulbs, pissed on the floor... <laughs> and escaped that's why i don't want cats man <laughs> yeah i have two cats and honestly i'm surprised one of them's not scratching at the door meowing right now am i the only one that talks to cats that way though like i've seen it on the internet but i was like i've literally never heard someone call a cat like that huh. until i saw it all over the internet then people start calling cats like that i don't know it's weird <laughs> but yeah and cat owners aka me really are familiar with this smell of cat urine. It is unmistakable. Uh, it's very ammonia heavy. You can ooh. smell the urine itself, but it's very ammonic. It's very shocking to the system when you first smell it. <laughs> I can't imagine how frustrating that would be if you don't own any cats. <laughs> exactly. You're like, have, have you seen them bushes like outside that smell like that? No. There's like bushes that smell like cat pee. It's really? Disgusting. That's it's gross. Too, and people want them in your their yard That's, by their front door. Do you remember it's what disgusting. kind of bushes they are? I can't remember what the name of it is. Uh, email us. Somebody email us. If you remember oh, yeah. Email us if you know what the uh, feline urine bushes are. And and you could just maybe, I, scientific maybe I just have a stroke or something. I don't know. <laughs> maybe you're like, why does this bush smell like cat pee? <laughs> you got like your nose in it, your whole face. And you're like, it's like what are you burn, doing? And burn toast. <laughs> and burn toast. <laughs> Gary, what are you doing? I'm just, I'm just <laughs> cat pee. <laughs> so we got, uh, we got a new coffee table and it's currently covered in uh, a plastic drop cloth because my cat decided to make it her new spot where she marks with her pee for whatever reason. So it is now covered and protected. Um, it's pretty bad. So hopefully she'll break that cycle soon. He then started refinishing the cabinet in order to give it to his mother as a gift. In what was probably his worst decision so far, Kevin Manis opened the Dybbuk box. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. He was impressed with the mechanism inside. 
which caused both doors and the drawer on the bottom to all open at once when one of the doors was opened. Inside the cabinet, he found a curious collection of items. One 1928 U.S. wheat penny. One 1925 U.S. wheat penny. One small lock of blonde hair bound with string. One small lock of black-brown hair bound with string. One small granite statue engraved and gilded with Hebrew letters. One dried rosebud. One golden wine cup. One very strange black cast iron candlestick holder with octopus legs. Hmm. That seems like an awful lot. And that's that is a lot. I mean, they're all small items, but yeah, it's just kind of. And since we're talking already, someone is mowing. <laughs> Why do they always mow when I'm recording? <laughs> but yeah, I guess that's what comes with recording in the summer. But, but yeah, just a lot of items, a lot of small items in this one box. He tried to return these items to the estate, but they were refused. After opening it, Manus decided not to refinish the cabinet, but just to clean it up and give it to his mother as is. While cleaning, he noticed a Hebrew inscription carved into the back of it, but did not know what it meant. His mother's birthday was October 28, 2001, but she was out of town, so they celebrated when she returned to his shop on October 31st. Ignoring yet another red flag, Manus gave his mother the box on Halloween. She seemed to like it. Manus went out of the room to make a call, and in less than five minutes, an employee rushed into his office saying something was wrong with his mom. He found his mom sitting in a chair by the wine cabinet. Her face was expressionless, but she had tears rolling down her cheeks and would not respond to anything. She couldn't respond. She had suffered a severe stroke. She suffered from partial paralysis and during recovery could not speak, so she communicated by pointing to letters to spell out the words she wanted to convey. Oof. Yeah, I bet you feel real bad about making that stroke joke now. Huh? I know. That's what I was just thinking. I was like, yeah, I just made a stroke joke. Man. Stroke. There's nothing funny about strokes. No. Unless it's hypothetically about myself having one. It's as serious as a heart attack. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry. I'm done. I'm done. Manus visited her the day after the stroke and asked how she was doing. She teared up and spelled out N-O-G-I-F-T. No gift. Just in case you guys didn't hear me. (laughs) Thinking that she forgot, Manus assured her that he did in fact give her a birthday present, but she became even more upset and spelled out the words H-A-T. E G I F T hate gift for people with children. They'll be professional at this. Sorry. I'm just imagining like, you know, the, like the cheerleaders give me yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, what's that spell? Hate gift. <laughs> hate gift. Oh man. Manus laughed that off and promised to take back the cabinet and give her something she wanted. If she promised to get better soon. On the same day of his mother's stroke, Manus's lease on his store was terminated by the landlord without cause. At this point, he still did not associate these events to the box, nor to anything paranormal. Okay, so this is the part where Manus is just dumb. Yeah, I was gonna say, Literally, just like- his mom is like, it's the gift. The gift you gave me, don't like it, don't want it, get it out of here. <laughs> And then he's he's himself is experiencing bad luck now because his leaks is terminated. Mm-hmm. 
So his mom's like literally pointing fingers <laughs> to spell out words, which pointed her fingers at this box. So now we have the, the granddaughter. Yep. And his own mother. Yes. Not wanting anything to do with this. And other weird stuff happening. And he's just like, hmm. Yeah, his the hmm. granddaughter warned him about it, and then stuff started happening. And then the grand, she said, don't open the box. And what does he do? He opens, he opens the box. <laughs> of course. We probably wouldn't have a story if he didn't open the box. So, Manus, and I, I don't want to say thank you, because that sounds awful, but <laughs> you know. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. Maybe he just doesn't want to see this, or maybe he's just honestly clueless. I mean, we don't know what his mindset is at this time. A lot of stuff is happening. So there's a lot of stuff going on. So maybe he's just like, he doesn't have made the connection because there's so much going on. Later on, he sells merch. He has a shirt that says, I opened a Divic box and, <laughs> and all, all I got, got was, was my mom. <laughs> all I got was, all I got was a stroke <laughs> for my mother. <laughs> Never mind. All right. I said no stroke jokes. <laughs> no, <laughs> Sorry. And the mowing has gotten louder. It has gotten even They have louder. turned on another machine, but we will power through. So you don't think it'll pick up? That this might. I don't think this so. is off. Yeah, bad. this might pick up. So this I apologize in advance, but we're gonna we're gonna get back to the story. We're gonna cover it up with creepy music. It's, yes. it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Manis then gifted the box to his sister. Come on, Kevin. <laughs> she quickly gave it back after a week. She said that the doors and drawer would not stay closed, but upon inspection, Manis found nothing wrong with the mechanism nor any springs inside that would push the doors open. He then gave the box to his brother and his sister-in-law, who gave it back after only three days. The couple both agreed that the box gave off a smell, but disagreed on what smell exactly. One claimed it smelled like jasmine flowers, while the other insisted that it gave off the strong smell of cat urine. You guessed it. There's probably a big difference there. I'd much rather smell jasmine flowers. Yeah, me too. Well, at this point, maybe not. Manus then gave it to his girlfriend, who almost immediately returned it and suggested that he sell it. He then sold it to a middle-aged couple. Three days later, Manus came to open the shop and found the box sitting at the front doors with a note that read, This has a bad darkness. It wouldn't be crazy if every one of these people were having strokes. <laughs> he just kept giving it to people. Oh, that would be awful. <laughs> He's like, wow, everybody gave it to him a stroke. <laughs> hey, old couple, yeah. would you like this box? Hey, you know what? I think I'll give this to my girlfriend. He's just some like sadistic evil stroke grantor. I am so tired of you not helping here around the house. Here, honey. Oh, I'm sorry, honey. Let me make it up to you. Here's this box. Here's this box. It's really nice. It's an <laughs> antique. I, you can have it. You don't even worry about it. I got it for you. <laughs> just for you, baby. <laughs> Everyone's giving it back. One with a note saying, this box has a bad darkness and kevin's like i don't know what they're talking about <laughs> what the ever clueless kevin was confused by the note and continued his train of bad decisions by taking the box home with him well fine i'll just keep it for myself then <laughs> this is my box now it's mine manis was immediately plagued by a reoccurring nightmare he describes the bad dreams as such i find myself waking with a friend Usually someone I know well and trust at some point in the dream. I find myself looking into the eyes of the person that I am with. It is then that I realize that there is something different, something evil looking back at me. At that point in my dream, 
The person I am with changes into what can only be described as the most gruesome, demonic-looking hag that I have ever seen. This hag proceeds then to beat the living tar out of me. I have awakened numerous times to find bruises and marks on myself where I had been hit by the old woman during the previous night. It is then that I decided to give this box to my neighbor. <laughs> hey, neighbor. <laughs> you want this box? No. It looks like a wine cabinet. It's a box, okay? It's a box. It's not a cabinet. It's a box. Take it. I insist. Clueless Kevin yet still did not associate any of the strange events, the long string of strange events all surrounded by the box, to this obviously demonic receptacle. Manus's siblings then came over to his house and spent the night. His sister the next morning complained about having a nightmare that night, and she said she had this strange nightmare before. She then went on to describe Manus's recurring nightmare in exact detail. Manus's brother and his wife were frozen while listening to this and claimed they had the exact dream last night. Manus got the chills as he was finally putting all the pieces together. He quickly phoned his girlfriend and asked if she had any nightmares recently. She said she did and described the same nightmare with the same evil eyes, the same hellish hag. Everyone noticed that they only had this dream when they were in possession of the Dybbuk box. Manus is like, wait a minute. You had a bad dream. I had a bad dream. My girlfriend had a bad dream. Everyone's been returning this box. You know what? I think tonight I will consult the Ouija board. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. Manus, no. Bad. <laughs> So, at this point, it seems like he's finally catching on. Uh, a bunch of weird stuff is happening, mm -hmm. and it's all tied around this box. Let's, uh, nothing really else to talk about, so let's go ahead and move on. After this, Manus claimed to start seeing shadowy things out of the corner of his eye. Visitors to his house would report seeing the same thing. He moved the box to a storage unit separate from the house, but was awoken in the middle of the night by the smoke alarm in the unit going off. Upon investigation, he found no smoke or fire, but was once again hit with the pungent odor of cat urine. So, at this point, I think it's not even the Dybbuk box, it's just the piss box. Yeah, it's just... The evil piss box. Too bad he didn't smell it when he initially picked it up before yeah. he decided to yeah, buy I mean, it. Honestly, is he even an actual antiques dealer slash refinisher if he doesn't smell everything he buys before he buys it? Right. Shoot, I already smell everything, and I don't wanna, <laughs> I'm not a professional or anything. Yeah, I can smell you right now. Yeah, it smells delightful, doesn't it? Mm, sure. Musky. <laughs> like human piss? <laughs> like human piss. <laughs> Gary, it's not that scary. Good. <laughs> Manus went back inside his house only to find that his house, too, reeked of cat urine. Can relate. Mm. He didn't own a cat and never had. He brought the box back inside and attempted to do some internet research to see if he could find a clue to what exactly might be happening. He fell asleep during this research only to have the hag nightmare and woke up at 4.30 a.m. to the feeling of someone breathing on his neck. Ooh. Stop it. <laughs> I'm guessing it's not in the fun way, but I, I don't know. I don't know for sure. His house now smelled of jasmine flowers, and he saw a huge shadowy shape go loping down the hall away from him. 
So when I was reading accounts of this story, specifically his account, he used the word loping. So I was like, I guess that's the correct term. I'll right. use the word loping too, but it just, I don't. I, I, I just, pictured skipping. I pictured this like black mass, like huge black mass just lumbering along oh. down, which, you know. That makes more sense. But like my mind automatically <laughs> went to like a frolic. I, know, I like yours better. It was just like. And the shadowy shape was He's like, wait, come back. frolicking down the hallway. Ooh, you thought they mean. <laughs> All right. It was at this time that Manus decided to put the haunted wine cabinet on eBay to hopefully rid himself of this evil. It's kind of rude. He did not want to destroy the box as he thought that would risk releasing the evil inside. He hoped that someone who knew about occult practices would take it off his hands. He included the story which you have just heard in the listing. So everything we've heard up till now, he included that in the listing. So he wasn't like just trying to... He didn't to, want to get rid of it that bad then. <laughs> he wanted someone who knew what they were doing to take care of it, apparently. Right after he listed the item on eBay, he arrived home on Friday the 13th of June to find all 10 of the fish in his aquarium were dead. He finished his listing with this. I'm still hoping that all of this is coincidental crap. Probably not, man. You should know better by now. But so it took. Boy, if I didn't have bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. <laughs> all shucks. Oh, oh golly gee. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it took him having an actual terrifying experience to finally decide to get rid of this box in some way, shape, or form, other than selling it to uh, clueless old people. He was like, look. This is the box. It's haunted. Here's the stuff that's been happening. Please take it off my hands. If you know anything about the occult, I'm just, I just want to get rid of it. So that's everything so far. Pretty typical horror movie stuff. But let us continue. Uh, but before we continue, <laughs> let's, uh, let's move on to the contents of the wine cabinet and their possible significance. But before we actually open the box, let's take a look at the back. The inscription carved into the back of the wine cabinet was found to be the Shema Yisrael a prayer that is the centerpiece of the morning and evening Jewish prayer services and translates to, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. That was good. Thank you. <laughs> which, is also the, uh, which is also the verse of the biblical book, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Hey, let's take a second and appreciate that, that you, what you just did. And you just threw out that Deuteronomy word. I like grew you've up. You said it a million times. I have. I grew up in a Christian household. In fact, uh, let's take a look at the word verse right now. Oh. If you look under your seat, there is a Bible there that I did not steal from a hotel. Please don't accuse me of that. <laughs> so why is it on the back of the Dybbuk box? It is invoking the Lord, so it is possible that it might help contain the evil within. This prayer might also want to be the first. This prayer. This prayer. I can say you can Deuteronomy, say Deuteronomy right? but, but not I can't say prayer. prayer. This prayer might also be one of the first tasks a rabbi would take to prepare for an exorcism. Hmm. At this point, we're just speculation. So anything I say, just just let let it be known. That's the cause. Uh, now on to the small granite statue. It is uh, two small granite rocks that are on a stand, and it's kind of shaped like the state of Arkansas. I know I mentioned the state of Arkansas every single episode, but it actually does look like it. <laughs> Go look at the pictures I posted on social media. It looks like shape of Arkansas, roughly, roughly. Uh, engraved on the rock statue is the word shalom, which means peace in Hebrew. You often use as a greeting from what I've seen on movies and TV. Mm. <laughs> it's not quite clear what this could be, 
but Jason Haxton, a future owner of the box, spoiler alert, whom we'll discuss in a bit, thinks it is a Mizbeach? M-I-Z-B-E-A-C-H? There's no other way to read that, I don't think. Mizbeach? Mizbeach? The only thing... (laughs) (laughs) Mizbeach? I was also thinking like the the phlegm sound that's often in uh, Hebrew, the... (sighs) (sighs) <sighs> Mizbich. Yeah, that's true. Which is a Jewish altar that acts as a receptacle for sacrifices. Uh, the one in the box may not be a literal altar, but a metaphorical one, uh, which Rabbi Benny Friedman would describe as representing growth and change. And the word shalom, peace, has a deeper meaning. It represents wholeness within God's creations and simply the way things should be. Granite, like all stones, are associated with certain metaphysical properties. My cursory research showed that that granite is associated with strength, balance, cleansing, protection, and, interestingly enough, astral entities, which is the only version that every other rock doesn't have, too. Because you heard the Crystal Healing episode. Every rock is associated with balance and cleansing and protection. Mm -hmm. But not all of them are are, uh, associated with astral entities. So I thought that was interesting. And it's also supposed to help strengthen your hair. What did we find in the box? Nice. Hair. Hair. Of different <gasps> it colors. all makes sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but these are just interesting uh, connections I found throughout this. Uh, speaking of hair, let's move on to the locks of it found in the box. One blonde and one brunette. Hair has many spiritual significances in many different cultures. The inclusion of hair might also take on a, a mystical personal connection between the person, object, or place and the owner of said hair. As for the pennies... These copper coins have long been thought to bring good luck. Um, apparently, only if it's heads up, if you pick it up. I would say, even to this day. Yeah, even to this day. Um, and that's folklore, too, is all this, like, all these superstitions. Like, the definition of folklore extends far beyond, like, oh, there's a goblin that lived in this village. Never fails. <laughs> I always I see one, I'm like, ooh, find a penny, pick it up, and all day you'll have good luck. And then I'm like, wait, is it heads or tails? It's heads, I think. Is it heads? I think it depends. I'm always wondering. I'm like, hmm. See what I do is I cheat a little bit. If it's like on, if it's showing tails, I'll just flip it over to heads, and then I pick it up. Yeah. That way, I yeah. make my own luck. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, the candlestick, you know, the one with opt- octopus legs, found in the box, may not have any significance in itself, despite its interesting tentacle-like design. But the candles are an important component of any sort of mystical ritual. The chalice found may also hold spiritual meaning, as it does in many cultures. Or it may also be a part of a ceremony in which liquid is drunk from the chalice, like wine or tequila. I use tequila in all my rituals. Specifically, speaking of which, this episode is sponsored by Jose Cuervo. I hope you guys are laughing. They're rolling their eyes. I'm laughing, but mostly because of how stupid it is. They're rolling their eyes. They're definitely doing that. Um, And finally, I don't remember if you even mentioned this, but there was a rosebud in there. Um, roses can be representative of God or his angels. In Islam, they symbolize the human soul, interestingly enough, as Dibbics are supposedly um, disembodied souls. And in Christianity, it represents the Virgin Mary, Mother of Christ. So in short, it can represent purity and holiness. So that was my little deep dive into all the different contents that I just, I was like, what's the significance of this? What's the significance of that? And I, I say this in this part of the story for a reason, because we'll 
it'll come we'll come back to that it'll come full circle it'll come full circle mm. i am a master of writing podcasts stay tuned now back to the story in june of 2003 manis's ebay item was sold to losif nitsky so it's Losif. I, I had it's actually an i it's a capital i it looks like an l iosif it's Isif. Isif. I think it is Isif. I had a pronunciation somewhere. I heard it somewhere. Isif Nitsky. Isif Nitsky, yes. A student at Truman State University in Kirksville, Missouri. Nitsky did not believe in the curse of the box and bought it for the memes. He made a point to show it off at parties and laugh it off. During one particular party, he grabbed a girl's hand and stuck it inside the box, thinking this would be funny. She did not. The student continued to make light of the terrifying trunk until August 31st, when Nitsky and his roommates started suffering mysterious ailments. Including him and his six roommates, two were suffering from burning eyes. One would become sick randomly, and one roommate was nearly catatonic. The catatonic is obviously the one we should focus on here, but when when he says sick randomly, I understood it to mean like nauseous or right. stomach issues. Right. Gassy. So, yeah. Gassy. Yeah. He ate a bean burrito. <laughs> In September, it was discovered one morning that the Dybbuk box had mysteriously opened, and soon after, the area immediately surrounding the house became engulfed in flying insects for several hours. And... Smelled of cat urine. <laughs> I'm just joking. I just do that because I, I thought that's exactly where that was going. Nitsky soon started experiencing several strange events, including foul ammoniatic odors. See, there it is. AKA, you just had to wait a little bit. Cat urine. <laughs> Electronic issues throughout the house, particularly with light bulbs. His car frequently needing repairs, and frequent sickness among his roommates. He recorded all these happenings in his online blog. Then, in January 2004, Nitsky's physical health started to rapidly decline. He started to have trouble sleeping and started seeing large, menacing, shadowy shapes in his peripheral vision, and on January 27th, his hair started falling out. Three days later, nearly half his hair was gone. In February, Nitsky put the box back where he found it on ebay all right so now things are ramping up here we get multiple people all in the same house all experiencing issues we got electronic issues we got physical ailments see the thing is if you got bugs if, if this was me yeah after buying it off somebody who put the whole story down and then i'm having the same crappy luck I wouldn't take the time to post it on eBay. Well, I would try to get rid of the box. Well, I about to say it goes back to that. I don't want to destroy the box because it might release whatever's inside it and stuff like that. So I might as well just pass it on to the next person so they can. That's fair. Experience That's the same fair, issues. Man. Yeah, I, I, no, I get what you're saying, but burn everything. I don't. Well, at this burn point, burn everything. I say at this point, he's he's not feeling well. He's not sleeping well. He's he's kind of just in a bad spot. So I, he's probably not even like thinking logically. He's just like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta put it back on eBay. Someone else needs to buy this and get it off my hands. Um, but interestingly enough, a lot of the symptoms experienced, at least the physical ailments are, are similar to that of radiation poisoning, which includes nausea, weakness, fatigue, disorientation, and hair loss. Is the box radioactive? 
which might explain you like the peripherals in your vision. We know infrasound can cause that shadowy peripheral in your vision. So maybe it's just giving off some sort of radioactive vibe that's causing these issues. So I kind of looked into it. There's that granite statue inside. And it's probably slightly radioactive because granite may contain trace amounts of natural radioactive materials. But it shouldn't be enough to harm one person, much less seven. And cause all these other issues. But I did find that interesting because literally when I read this, I was like, especially the hair loss part, I was like, is it radioactivity? <laughs> is that a word? And, you know, it could, it could just be a coincidence, though. Maybe he just got alopecia. I That's mean, what I was say. Didn't, didn't, didn't I, you and your brother both? Yeah, we had alopecia. Mine became much worse. It, it just came bald or random spots. And people who don't know what alopecia is, it's an autoimmune disorder. Your immune system attacks your hair follicles and your hair starts falling out. Uh, when I started explaining it to a coworker when I first got it, she was like, oh, you're just going bald. And I was like, no, 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 I'm not. There's a difference between male pattern baldness and what I'm happening. And eventually through some salves and through some not so fun scalp injections, needles right on my skull, <laughs> all my hair grew back yeah. and hopefully knock on wood, we'll stay that way. So maybe it's alopecia, but maybe it's radioactivity. Maybe it's the evil within. Ooh. So the box was then purchased from Nitsky via eBay for $280. Not bad. Double what Nitsky had paid for it. So he made a profit off this. Nice. So maybe he just needed some money. Yeah. The new proud owner of the vile vessel was Jason Haxton, a curator of the Medical Museum at Truman State University in Kirksville, Missouri. Haxton had been following the Nietzsche, 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 I bet say I totally just, I think we've been pronouncing it wrong this entire time no. because there's no K in there, following Nietzsche's blog and became fascinated with the box. So when it was posted for sale, Haxton immediately started bidding and did not stop until he successfully won the box. So that's another reason why it was so high because he was like almost in a bidding war. Um, the guy mowing out. the yard is just going to come over and mow your yard for shits and giggles. I wish he would. I, <laughs> just I hate mowing over. my lawn. That's just our luck. He's just going to come over and start mowing. <laughs> Please Right do. by the window. Actually, I wouldn't mind that. Mm-hmm. I, I'd be like, let's take a break. Let's, yeah. get him. <laughs> let's let him mow my yard. We'll be fine. Um, Haxton then took his new purchase into his office after hours and began to scientifically examine the box. Knowing the risks, he put on gloves to handle the box, which he hoped would protect him from any possible contaminants. He then ran a black light over the box and found remnants of wax drippings on the outside of the container. Which Was in- that what they called them? <laughs> which indicated to him that this box had been used ritually at some point. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Sounds like it. <laughs> he even had the box examined for any traces of toxins like mercury or any possible mm, biohazard materials. <laughs> but all tests came back negative. Then Haxton opened... The Dybbuk box. God dang it. Yeah. (laughs) No, Axton. What is wrong with you, man? It did not take long for the box to start wreaking havoc. All of the computers in the museum started crashing for no apparent reason, which resulted in the loss of weeks worth of work. Light bulbs started going out in the office as well, but only the ones that were located by the box. After his staff started coming down with mysterious illnesses, Haxton decided to take the box home. Here we go again. The very first night, Haxton had a nightmare about, you guessed it, the hag. He could not fall asleep at all without experiencing this demonic dream. Like the previous owners, Haxton himself 
soon became ill and started to see shadowy masses out of the corners of his eyes. One night, Haxton and his son were in the living room watching TV. Suddenly, his son turned to him and asked, Dad, what's that? Haxton turned his head and to his horror, he saw a large black mass that, quote, licked like flames. It was now affecting his family. I didn't write this part down, but he got himself and his son out of the room away from the shadowy mass. Just, sorry, I kind of left it open ended there. <laughs> like Manus before him, Hexen decided that destroying the box or its contents would be too risky, so he decided to seal the evil away where it couldn't hurt anyone. He brought the box to a vacant rental property he owned and locked it in the basement. He was hoping that would be the end of it, but as you may have guessed, he was dead wrong. The very night he returned from locking away the box, he decided to take a bath to wash away the filth of the box. He immediately started to have a coughing fit right there in the tub and hacked up two giant handfuls of a thick, viscous mucus. At the same time, his wife suddenly developed a severe rash with blisters that started bleeding. Gross. It was then he knew for sure that the box was supernatural. Or maybe he had a sinus infection. <laughs> I was going to say, wait, wait, a severe rash with blisters that started bleeding? Yeah. I can't remember the show. Yeah, honey, it's, it's, it's the Dybbuk box. The way they portrayed it. In, it wasn't the milkman. The way they portrayed it in the, in the, in the little uh, recreation I watched. She's like banging on the door as he's hacking up naked on the floor. Super dramatic. She's like, honey, open it up. And he's like, bleh, bleh. And then he opens the door, and then she's got a bleeding rash. Yeah. And apparently, it was like they went to the hospital that night. So, apparently, it was bad. So, then he was like, yep, it's definitely the box, all right. And later on, he's like, honey, would you ever cheat on me? <laughs> I'm not, I'm just, I, just, I just don't know where those blisters I mean, came from. I'm hacking up viscule mi mucus, and you've got a rash, <laughs> a bleeding rash. Handfuls itchy. of viscule mucus. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, all right. Not knowing what else to do, Haxton then got in contact with Manus, the first buyer of the item, hoping to get more information. Manus, probably feeling partially responsible for the maladies befalling Haxton, made up his mind to go back to the original house where he purchased the box to see if he could discover the origins of this mysterious wine cabinet. Which I'm pretty sure that his granddaughter already told him. But he was, you know. He, he wants more. He needs more about the item specifically. You know, I just can't remember. I've had a few nightmares. <laughs> then he met Sophie, who claimed to be the cousin of Havila, the original owner of the box. Sophie then relayed the fateful night the box was created. Oh, here we go. Origin story, baby. Yeah. Usually this is saved for a separate movie. Back in Poland. Prior to World War II, it wasn't uncommon to hold seances and try to contact the spirits of the dead for funsies. One fateful night, Havila brought out a makeshift Ouija board. I, you called there it. it is. You called it. Golly. Every time. Yeah. Stay away from those things. Yeah, yeah. We've already had an episode about it. We already <laughs> told you to stay away from those things, so stay away from them. And together, she and Sophie attempted to make contact with the other side. Soon, they did make contact with something, something evil, something they believed was a Dybbuk seeking to grab onto their souls. 
The participants then devise a makeshift ritual, which presumably involved the contents of the box, and managed to trap the evil spirit in a wine cabinet. And the ritual sounded exactly like a lawnmower outside the window. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and ironically, smelled of cat urine. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the fresh cut grass. Wow, like yeah, cat that's... that's it's kind of like in Solo when you find out the origins of his name. You're like, oh, that's where it comes from. <laughs> I definitely needed to know that. This story confirmed to Haxton that the entity attached to the box was, in fact, a Dybbuk. Who saw that coming? And so he consulted with the rabbis on the best course of action to neutralize the item. Haxton was instructed to make another box of acacia wood and seal the wine cabinet inside. So, make a box to put the box in. Boxception. Yeah. Haxton did as he was told and then hid the Dybbuk box in a secret location. Soon enough, the sickness and bad luck stopped, and the Dybbuk box remained sealed away for years. So, we got the story of the box. Also very horror movie-esque where we find out the origins of the evil thing that's been plaguing everyone. And now somebody finds the box, opens the box to find another box, and opens that box. And then inside that box, there's a smaller box <laughs> containing even more potent evil. <laughs> but I did find it interesting because throughout this story, especially, you know, when you get the box and you experience, and you, if you touch it, you experience bad symptoms. Mm-hmm. Like I mentioned earlier, I grew up in a Christian household that sounded very similar to the Ark of the Covenant. Are you familiar with that at all? Not at all. So the Ark of the Covenant uh, is a special box mm-hmm. um, that contains the tablets that Moses brought down from the mountain that contains the Ten Commandments. You've heard of those, right? Yes. Um, that God supposedly inscribed, inscribed himself. And it also contained the Staff of Aaron, which was used to perform many of the miracles throughout the whole Plagues on Egypt saga. And there's a couple other things in there, too. But if you touch the box without permission, if you weren't a Levite, which is a special class of priest, then you would pretty much almost die immediately. Huh. And this also led to uh, speculate that the box might be radioactive because you would be struck down by the force of God. And I say all that because the rabbis told him to build it, build the Dybbuk container, the, bo- the, box, the, for the, the box. box for the box, out of acacia wood, which is the exact same kind of wood that the Ark of the Covenant was made out of. Hmm. Hmm. My brain is hung up on acacia wood. Where have I heard of acacia wood? Have you ever been to some Minecraft? It could be Minecraft, but I've heard of acacia wood from from the Ark of the Covenant. Hmm. So I thought that was also interesting, and I'm not the first to make that parallel. But Hmm. So that was the story of the box for years. That is, until 2017, when Zach Bagans of Ghost Adventures fame purchased the Calamitous Canister... You're welcome. From Hexen for reportedly thousands of dollars. So have you ever seen an episode of Ghost Adventures? I have not. I've heard you mention it. Yes, I have mentioned it because it <laughs> Wait, is Wait, is that the is that the the clip they showed at the the Crescent Hotel? Or was that a different ghost? No, show? that was that was the actual good one. That was Ghost Hunters with the Taps team. Oh. This is Ghost Adventures. And oh, if okay. you've never seen an episode, people love this show. It's still going on to this day. But I Hate it so much. If you like, think I think like the first couple seasons were fine ish. They took a different approach. So they take this very aggro alpha male approach to ghost hunting where they yell at the ghosts until they get a product. And Zach Bagans, 
At least back in the day, he wore these super, super tight t-shirts and he was a bigger guy and he was all tatted up and he had sweet ass punk hair. Can I take a swing in the dark and guess what channel this is on? Is it on True TV? I don't think so, actually. Okay, I, I don't remember. Say, that sounds but like I've seen a couple a episodes True TV, like and I hate the show and I hate Zach Bagans himself. Zach Bagans don't get on to me for it. I'm sorry. You just have a personality I don't jive with. And so so that's who we're dealing with. We're dealing with this guy. That is very, you know, oh, uh, 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 and also obsessed with the supernatural it's in the show. And that's, I think this is more of a recent thing where he's like a total, I'll, I'll bleep this out, but he's a total ass to his coworkers. And it, and it's in the show, it's almost coming off as he's being slightly possessed by whatever spirit they're investigating. He'll insult one of his coworkers and, they, and they'll ask him about it. He was like, I don't remember saying that. I don't remember saying that. Must, man, what happened? I don't remember. <laughs> it's like, okay, maybe I think he's just being an ass and he's just like blaming it on the bro, ghost. I would never talk to you like that, man. Man, bro. No, man. It wasn't me, bro. <laughs> so it's, hey, do you smell that? It's like this really weird thing. Like even in the Dipping Box episodes I watched, it's happening where he's just like, you piece of shit. And they're <laughs> like, what? And he's like, huh? What? I didn't say anything. Hey, come here. Come here. Come here, bro. I would never talk. <laughs> get out of my face get out of my face <laughs> hey Zach what, what was with that farting get out of my face oh I don't know what you're talking about bro yeah what are you talking about never that's do. weird huh I never do that bro so also he wears glasses now which you know he's older now it makes sense and it's these special glasses like prism glasses apparently he has to wear glasses now because a ghost hurt him oh and now his eyesight's messed up, and now he has to wear these glasses. And I did look up the condition he has. It's like permanent double vision, which can, in fact, be caused by, like, head trauma or something. So there's something to it, but, you I know. I thought you were going to say astigmatism. <laughs> no. <laughs> but if that story is true, it actually could happen. It's like a ghost, like, hit him in the head. But it's probably just part of his shtick. His whole thing, he's this big ghost hunter guy. So, of course... No, I'm not getting old. A ghost hit me in the head, and now I need these glasses. So it just becomes part of his whole thing. So Zach bought the box for his haunted museum in Las Vegas, which I actually do want to go to because it's chock full of haunted items, which I first thought was called Zach Bagans' Haunted Museum, which would be, which you would think that would be called that, right? Uh But that's wrong. It's actually Zach Bagans' The Haunted Museum. So he just throws in a random the. It's not the Zach Bagans Haunted Museum. It is Zach Bagans' The Haunted Museum. The only one in existence. <laughs> which, is, which is stupid. It just sounds stupid. It's like, hey, is this Zach Bagans' Haunted Museum? No. It's Zach Bagans' The Haunted Museum. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. A standard ticket to this creepy collection will run you $48, with the late night ghost tour costing an insane $200. I better be a damn good ghost tour. I'd say that being said, I would like to go there because it is not only the, the Dybbuk box there. But Annabelle the Haunted Doll is also there. So, really? Yeah. Yeah. He's got a whole bunch of random items. So, like I said, I would like to go there as much as I don't like him. I don't know if he'll be hanging Chances out there. Chances are you won't see him. Just like if you go to Wahlburgers, you're not going to see Mark Wahlberg, I'm sure. Sure. Um, so, that's the current home of the Dybbuk Box, where it resides in a nearly empty room on a pedestal behind a thick plexiglass case. Ghost Adventures did a museum special in which they investigated a few of the infamous items, including the box. They didn't even open the box and mostly just reported bad feelings. And they brought in a rabbi who was talking to Zach Bagans. And in this conversation, he referred to a script 
And because it was live, they couldn't get cut that part out. Zach was so pissed when he said, when Zach said, he's, he said something to the extent that wasn't in the script or something like that, which he could just be referring to like, you know, here's your, here's what we're doing and here, here's how we're going to go about it. But everyone was started pointing out online, see, everything's fake because the rabbi, the supposed rabbi they brought in started referring to this script. So Zach got really mad. And then they later brought in some damage control saying the, the rabbi was confused. Uh, and then Zach Bagans in classic Bagans fashion talked, talked about how incompetent his team was for not informing the rabbi what was going on. So it's not fake, Gary. Everyone was just confused oh, and his yeah. team just sucks and he hates them <laughs> so much, except when he does it because it's the ghost. So despite being hilarious, it was really disappointing for everyone involved. So later in uh, 2018, Post Malone, I've heard of him. The famous musical artist decided to visit the museum, and Zach decided to bring old Posty. That's that's what we I call him because you know we're, we're good friends. Posty Maloney. Me and old Posty. Uh, so they took him to the Dybbuk box room, in which Zach removed the plexiglass from the pedestal and could be seen on the security camera with his hand resting on the box. Post seems to be very on edge this whole time, and you can there's no audio, but you can see it in his face. He just he's must believe in this stuff because he was he actually seemed really scared. But it looked like he was trying to get out and urging Zach to come with him. So he's just like, bro, I don't want to be in here. I don't here. think it has anything to do with believing in it. I just think it's one of them error on the side of caution because, yeah. like, like uh, you know, talk about a Ouija board all day. Right. Just don't bring it out. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And he's in this museum of hundreds of haunted items. So I actually don't blame him. Um, so he's urging Zach to get out with him. But Zach just stared at him all while his hand was on the box. Post looked increasingly more panicked and came over and lightly pushed Zach away, which broke the connection with the box. Post then grabbed Zach by the shoulder and led him out of the room. So something happened. Oh no. Since this encounter, Post was plagued by a string of bad luck in 2018. First, the wheels on his private jet were damaged mid-flight and they had to undergo an emergency landing. A month later, Malone was involved with the collision with his Rolls-Royce Wraith. Post was not behind the wheel. These are, these are like classic millionaire problems. Oh, my pro- the wheels on my private jet got managed. Oh, no. I was in a crash with my Rolls Royce Wraith. My $300,000 car. Yeah, I, about to say, I wouldn't mind having some of these problems. <laughs> um, so at this point, Malone tweeted, quote, God must hate me, LOL, end quote. And then soon after... Armed intruders targeted a residence that used to belong to Post. The robbers broke in, pistol-whipped a resident. Sorry, that's not funny. I just laughed. And shouted, where's Post Malone? Turns out the rapper moved out a couple months prior, so the burglars had to make off with $20,000 worth of stolen goods instead of meeting the musical artist. That's a good haul. It's a really good haul for a house. Yeah. Jeez. You'd be lucky to make off with $20,000 from a bank. So, a bunch of weird stuff happening to Post right after the Dybbuk box, all in the same year. All within a few months. Uh, Malone himself made a connection to the Dybbuk box in 2021, in which he said in an interview, After we opened up this creepy Dybbuk box, I got in a car accident. I almost had a plane wreck. My house got broken into. All that type of stuff, he said. Within a month's time, it was really, really odd stuff, man. I was trying to be high. No, that was. I, I, I think that was a really good Post Malone impression. I think Post okay. Old Posty, as I call him, would be proud. 
Do you have auto-tune? Can we do some auto-tune? No. I don't have auto-tune. It's the only way I know his <clears throat> voice, really. Yeah. flower. Hey! Then in 2020, Ghost Adventures once again released a museum investigation special and promised this time to actually open the Dybbuk box. Because if you recall, they didn't the first time. Huge disappointments. Uh, but that's not all. Kevin Manis appeared via video call and dropped to drop some supposed Dybbuk box lore on us. <laughs> Take a listen for yourself, because it's too ridiculous for me to recap. I imagine him pulling out this box. No. <laughs> Hopefully I actually have this one. Why isn't this thing opening? The woman set out to undo this disastrous mistake. What she attempted to do, and what she did do, was trap that evil and then rip it apart into the ten different components of evil, put them into these various ten different original Dybbuk boxes and sent them to the edges of the world. I now retrieve a second Dybbuk box given to me by Kevin that I have never revealed to the public. You have two of only ten Dybbuk boxes that exist in the world that are real. Kevin tells me that the ten boxes align with the Tree of Life concept from Kabbalah, the basis for Jewish mysticism. You have the first one, which represents Keter, or the top state of human consciousness. You also have Mahut, which is the reason that that box looks like a root. Its foundation is the lowest one. I have received over the last few years six more that represent the other states, and there are two, Zach, that remain in the world that we don't know where they are. My one big fear is that at some point through whatever means, the boxes all come together and open at the same time, uniting this evil. Zach Bagans looks exactly oh, yeah. like I'd imagine. Like, he's a bit older now, but he does look like that. So, Gary... Our big reveal is that there's not one true Dybbuk box. There's 10. There's 10 Dybbuk boxes. And the one that we're talking about today is at the very top of the Tree of Life in Kabbalah. And I don't know anything about Kabbalah. So I don't even know if the Tree of Life thing is real. But so we have the highest one. And now we have the lowest one, which is this. Uh, they show in the episode. It's a small box. It's got like a roof, a root motif on it. So now he has the lowest one on the Tree of Tree of Life, quote unquote, mm -hmm. and the highest one of the ten components of evil. Evil. So, so this is why I I didn't mind making fun of Manus, despite him being a quote unquote victim. It's because now he's definitely, definitely BSing us, right? <sighs> because it, it like it makes you question the whole story. Like, did he really go back and get that story about the ritual? Did he even? Is the whole box even real at all? Or did Kevin just make all this up? Because one Dybbuk box, sure, fine. But ten of them that were all made by Havala and all scattered throughout the world. And he managed to obtain eight out of the six. And Zach Biggins has two. Or eight out of the ten. And Zach Biggins has two. So, <laughs> what do you think? A bit, a bit ridiculous. That's a little believable. 
definitely not getting paid by Zach to say all this. Yeah, no, not at all. So he, Zach obviously tried to up the ante by introducing another debit box. And the rest of the episode was very disappointing. Just as disappointing as the first is he did actually open the box to give him credit. But it was more like he, it was just more of the same. It was more of just him being a dick to his coworkers and just more bad feelings. And a couple of people, I think one person just fell down randomly. And don't you dare say that that phone call sounded scripted. No, it wasn't scripted at all. He wasn't reading from a teleprompter. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I, I thought we should include the the ten components of evil <laughs> on the tree of evil which is somehow also the tree of life in Kabbalah. But yeah, not ridiculous at all. So speaking of which, our next segment section is called hoax. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the only other theory for this box we have, other than it being genuine or coincidence, is that it's a hoax. Now, there is some evidence for it, other than the ridiculous whatever we just heard. First is the lore itself. Author Brian Dunning explains... The whole idea of box being <laughs> inhabited by a Dybbuk is nonsensical, according to what a Dybbuk is supposed to be. The Encyclopedia Mythica describes it as a disembodied spirit possessing a living body that belongs to another soul, and usually talks from that person's mouth. An important 1914 Yiddish play, the Dybbuk was about the spirit of a dead man who possessed the living body of the woman he had loved and had to be exercised. Nowhere in the folkloric literature is there precedent for a dybbuk inhabiting a box or other inanimate object. I was not expecting that accident at all. (laughs) Now, if you have a box (laughs) that is giving you nightmares, (laughs) you might have a dybbuk. Yeah. I really had to stifle that laugh when you first started. I was like, oh, Lord. But so it wasn't the voice I was going for, but I, I let it mutate into whatever it was. Yeah, just uh, very yeah. Jeff Foxworthy. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. I, that, that's a keeper. Definitely keep that. But so, yeah, he's like, according to the lore, Divics don't inhabit boxes, they inhabit people. Makes sense. Sure. Another point for the hoax theory is also the box itself. At least according to Kenny Biddle unfortunate last name, uh, in his article for the Skeptical Inquirer. In this, Biddle cites a 1957 patent for a minibar that looks suspiciously like our subject tonight. He claims that the box is not a 1940s Jewish wine cabinet, but a 1950s New York minibar, which of course does not line up with the story. And, and I'll, I'll include pictures of this uh, of this patent. It has a picture of the box, and it does look like the Dybbuk box. It's it's roughly the same. It looks to be the same size. It has the two doors on the top and the drawer on the bottom, and similar on the inside. So, like, I'll include a picture of that as well. Could be a mini bar. Could be a haunted Jewish wine cabinet. Who knows? Now, the hoax theory lines up for me as well to a point. Kevin Manis had a motive in selling an incomplete mini bar. Kevin Manis was the only one who allegedly followed up with the original owner's family and got the story of the Dybbuk ritual years later. Kevin Manis later appeared on Ghost Adventures and validated obviously made-up lore about the box. This whole thing stinks, specifically of cat piss. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, I was proud of that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, we, we know that Kevin is a BSer at this point, so it could be, I mean, I can see it that way. But on the other hand, this would not explain all the supernatural events experienced by dozens of people. Are they all making it up? 
Haxon seemed convinced of its evil and planned to keep it locked away forever. At least until Zack came in waving a few grand at him. <laughs> but in Haxon's defense, what better place to keep the box than in a haunted museum? With alleged experts. Mm. So it could be that Manus did sell an actual cursed box. Maybe it's inhabited by a Dybbuk. Maybe some other entity. Maybe the evil spirit is real and Manus is only making up the story to go along with it in order to better sell the idea of the box itself. Or maybe he's not making anything up. Except for the later Ghost Adventure stuff, which is clearly fabricated. <laughs> Tiv Divic Fox is my tukus. So I mentioned at the beginning that after the initial sale, other, quote, Dybbuk boxes started showing up online. So like all of our purchasable subjects, let's take a peek at a couple. Uh, our first box can be found on eBay, along with endless other listings. This one is from one of the states the original box resided in, Missouri. Here is the description. Divic Box, dangerous entity, shipped with USPS first class. We got a call from a different team on a containment they were called on. I don't know what I just read. We got a call. I didn't write this, so. (laughs) We got a call from a different team on a containment they were called on. (laughs) Whatever that means. (laughs) Out in the Ozarks, there was a relatively regular looking home that had some extremely unusual residents. By all accounts, they were what you would classify as a cult. We found the remains of many, many animals down the mountains surrounding the home that we believed they were using as sacrifices. There was a weight in the air when you approached the place. We quickly knew why they needed backup. The squatters abandoned the place when the owners of the home showed back up. We never share addresses, pictures, or names for our containments due to the nature of our field and people's desired privacy. However, we did get permission to share the dolls they were using as conduits that are contained in the boxes. This containment and all of the entities therein was so impactful and unsettling, we literally didn't even feel comfortable putting these boxes in our general storage until a few months passed with them exclusively contained by themselves. They conjured some dark, dark demonic entities. We saw things, felt things, and heard things that were some of the most unsettling all of our team had ever seen to date. This entity called herself Electa. Sexy. I would highly suggest these boxes to go to someone with experience in Divic boxes. This is a collector's item, not for opening. Do not open this box. Isn't that kind of like telling a person not to press this button? Right. You're going to press it. You're going to open the box. Definitely going to open this box. So very similar to the actual Dybbuk box listing itself, there we have a narrative built around this item, and that's why you should buy it. <laughs> but yeah, so with this listing, we get a few pictures of a small box, which looks to be sealed over with black wax. Uh, the sealing with wax thing is common among these knockoff boxes, despite the original not actually being sealed this way. I mean, there was some wax found on the outside, but it wasn't actually sealed with wax. There's also a random picture. I, I said there's almost there's a random picture of a clown doll with no context, but that 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 was actually mentioned in that they gave us permission to share the dolls right. that they use as conduit for these boxes or whatever, whatever BS they were <laughs> trying to say. So I'm assuming this is the doll that's inside the box. Um, well, we need, we need to get into woodworking. Yeah, let's get into woodworking. We can make some yeah. divot boxes of yeah. our own. <clears throat> Why not? We need we need 
that. We need some dolls and we need some candle wax and bada bing, bada boom. We're just going to put some. Uh, yeah, that'll be our first merch. We can put the logo on the box. Yeah, put the logo <laughs> on the box and then we'll fill them with Funko Pops. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but don't open them. Nope. It's spooky. Uh, well, you can get this one for the steep price of $100 plus $15 shipping. Hmm. So, yeah, we should definitely get into this yeah, Dibbing Box game. Yeah. They sell for quite a lot. But is it worth your soul? For our second box, we go to DibbingStore.com, which claims... We are collectors and dealers in breathtaking Dibbing Boxes. With worldwide connections, we are able to deliver the most interesting boxes on the market. Whether it is one box or multiple that you are interested in, we can provide... Yeah. Yeah. For whatever reason, I thought you were going to read that with a German accent, but... The Connect. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to do that. So the connections they refer to are mysterious overseas collectors and various dark web traders, or so they claim. They have tiers of boxes, which includes levels one through three. Level one is th- for the public, so your typical baby's first Dybbuk box. Uh, level two is for for those with an account, and level three is invite only. I did make an actually make an account, uh, but it was still was denied access to see level two boxes. Spooky. It definitely wasn't bad scripting on their part. It's spooky. <laughs> um, so a box here will definitely run you over a hundred dollars. Although they do have some smaller, more affordable ones, and even Dybbuk bottles. Uh, on one of the web pages, they basically say that Dibix, Demons, and Jen are all the same thing and can be captured in objects like the genies from Aladdin or the ghosts from Ghostbusters. Uh, shout out to a previous episode. We covered Jen and all the way back in episode mm-hmm. two when we were awful at this. Actually, listen to it recently. It's not that bad. It sounds pretty good. Really? And and uh, I can't remember where the audio started getting better. I, it, yeah. yeah. Actually, the audio is not bad, though. I think there it was, was the Crescent Hotel. I think maybe. Was when we started. Yeah. There, there was a there was a couple episodes where the audio wasn't great, but I listened to the first two episodes. Audio is pretty pretty damn good. Right. I did see myself. So listen to that if you haven't already. So let's take a look at one of these Dybbuk boxes. This is a special listing from the Level One Gallery. Remember, the Level One Gallery is open to the public and it's for babies for Dybbuk box. Go. A moment of realization. Level Two Dybbuk. This should be a Level Two or even Level Three Dybbuk box. Oh, high level Dybbuk. If you wonder what level two and three look like, this is one of them. We are offering it to the public as a way to show you just how graphic, dark, and extreme Dybbuk boxes can get. This Dybbuk comes from the Usenet group we have talked about on the level two pages. A trader who won't identify in any manner finally decided to let go of this box. I don't know why let go is in quotations. (laughs) Let go. So to let go of this box. I was like, does that mean he's going to come back for it after I buy it? The photos tell more than we can ever type. The photo on the Dybbuk box shows a woman who is obviously in distress. She is bound and tied to a chair and a man with a knife is visible. This photo is old. Most likely 1960s, 1970s. The Dybbuk has an old cloth that acts as a screen over the photo. There are also old burn marks on the cloth and box. We were told that this was a trophy box and was one of the darker that got traded in the Usenet group back in the mid to late 90s. 
This is one of the more depressing and questionable boxes we have offered. Many people have asked to show this as a level one and we are complying. There is a reason we separate boxes into levels, and this is the reason. Not all Dybbuks are warm and positive. Some are like this one. Soul crushing. Soul crushing. I will post a picture of this box. I don't have it. I can't find it. Like, I can't find anything right now because I'm woefully unprepared for this episode, apparently. <sighs> but I'll, I'll put this one on there. But the box in question is a standard red box sealed in wax. Uh, with a photo attached to the box, which I assume, judging by the laundry, is BDSM roleplay, <laughs> or just a photo fabricated by the site. Also affixed to it is a piece of dirty white cloth. And like I mentioned before, I'll include pictures of this and everything else we talked about on the social media pages. So visit us there. Yes. And with that, we'll close the Dybbuk box and pray that the evil spirit stays attached to the cabinet and that the horrors remain contained within Zach Biggins's The Haunted Museum. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Gary. So what do you think? Is this a hoax or a ghost? Or maybe something in between? I don't You know, it's, it's one of those things where it, it started off kind of believable. Right. And then just as... Like with anything else, Every, the more you add to it, the, the more, more. Yeah, it just especially when especially when the original <laughs> poster of the box comes back and s- starts spouting right all this other stuff. Yeah, he sounded almost like a salesperson. No, exactly. Like like I said, he had a motive to get this box. You off have hands. A, you have one of ten Dybbuk boxes, and the rest can be found on my website, yeah. <laughs> manusdybbukboxes.org. Yeah, I mean. I think it could go either way with this one. Manus is definitely full of uh, crap on a lot of this. Cat piss. <laughs> He's full of cat piss. <laughs> on a lot of these. As far as the original piss box and all the other um, experiences that I had with it, I'm not ready. Uh, I'm not ready to say for certain this is 100 complete hoax. And if I ever do get to visit the Dybbuk box, I will definitely uh, take the appropriate measures for protection because. Don't want to take that risk. It's like a Ouija board. You don't believe in it, but you don't want to mess with it either. Yeah, exactly. Just why risk it? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Did you learn a lot about the debris box today? I did. I learned about it, a lot about it researching this. I did. And if you and if you have not yet, seriously, go watch The Possession. It's a good movie. Is it? it kind of, yeah. See, <coughs> God. Are you okay? Oh, uh, man. I think I'm being affected by the debris box. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't like horror movies. I just don't find them entertaining. This one was actually plus I freak myself out when it's. This dark. one was actually all right. Yeah, it was, it was actually pretty good. I, I, but then again, I know how you are with children, creepy children. And, oh and, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And no, so I mean, you. the whole movie is you know basically the little girl. No, yeah. thank you. So, <laughs> I, and I'm really surprised because I sent you that trailer for yeah, Black Eyed the, Kids gonna be good honestly it looks like gonna be, it's gonna be like the slender man movie where it's like oh man that looks okay and then it's like wow this is the worst movie ever yeah. watched in <laughs> it's kind of like halloween I guess. yeah it's... exactly so i think i think it's a mixture i think manis was definitely trying to sell something mm-hmm. and definitely especially later on but i i think there's something to it because haxton he has a very logical mind and he did, he ran a bunch of tests on it. So I and he concluded that it is in fact was haunted, and actually took appropriate sets to contact rabbis after he confirmed it was a dibic, as opposed to you know selling it on eBay. <laughs> so yeah, that's it. But before we go today, we have another update, Yay. a listener update, which Yay. we never get. <laughs> uh, it's on a previous episode, 
in the form of a YouTube comment on our very first episode about the Mothman, which we was, need to remaster. Yeah, with, that was your episode. Which yeah. is my, yeah, my first episode ever. Had no idea what I was doing. <sighs> released that episode, then did it for like three months and then came back with Gary <sighs> and we did that one. But uh, so we're going to redo it eventually. Still not bad. Still could be a million times better. But I really like this new information. So I decided to share it. Uh, here's the comment left by the cowboy. That's his YouTube username. I've got a lot of sandhill cranes around my house and work. They sound like velociraptors from Jurassic Park 3 and apparently taste really good, getting the nickname Sirloin of the Sky. However, they are federally protected, so don't try and find out for yourself. Now, you know why I came up with that accent? Why? Because of the cowboy. I was expecting Sam Elliott. Oh, yeah, I could have done That'd it. be a hard one, though. <laughs> you can't even do it. That sounds like my, my standard. It sounds like the four truck commercials. I've got a lot of sandhill cranes around my house and work. That's not bad. Yeah, that's not bad. <laughs> yeah, you just need the, the, it's what the twang. It feels like to drive a four. <laughs> It drives like a sandhill crane takes <laughs> the sirloin of the sky. But no, he's mentioning a sandhill crane because in the Mothman episode, we point to sandhill cranes being a possible suspect of Mothman, which back in the episode, I like fully believed that the Mothman was either an owl or a sandhill crane. But now that I've done a bunch of uh, other research, I'm not so sure about that. So when we redo it, I'll definitely have a less skeptical take on the story. But I thought this update was great. And it's once again, kind of like that thing where it's like, don't open the box. He's like, don't find out what Sandhill Cranes taste like. Don't do it. They just taste delicious and the most amazing <laughs> thing you ever put in your mouth. But they're federally protected. So I, and he told us not to find out. He said they apparently taste really good. But how does he know? The cowboy, you know, on the DL, send me some Sandhill Crane meat. Yeah. Don't tell anyone. Send it. I got a PO box, man. I'll get with you later. <laughs> oh, call me. <laughs> okay, so no, I just I just really liked this update because it was our first actual listener update from a previous episode. But if you have any sort of updates like this, reach out to us and we'll definitely include the show. Love it when I talk with listeners or when they leave any kind of feedback or any kind of update. Like I said, I, I like I said at the end of every episode, if I'm wrong about anything, let me know. Yes. Give it the social media, snipeoutpodcast.gmail.com. Yes. Yada, yada, yada. Yep, 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 yep. And I know you guys have missed me saying this. Oh, yeah. It's Gary's favorite part. <laughs> yeah. If you like the show, please leave a rating on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever else will let you leave a review. Yes. It is super important to us. I'm, I swear. It is very important. And we really appreciate it. We really do, actually. Yeah. And uh, please follow us on social media. We'd love to hear from you guys. Once our social medias pick up, probably, we'll start doing a lot more on them. Right now, yeah, kinda, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely gonna include those pictures. Just kind of share new episodes down again, post a few pictures, but like, I don't know. I, <laughs> anyways, you're not the social media manager. Don't worry about it. You don't worry. But about I am. It. But I am available on there. So I mean, I, yeah, I, I need to start doing better. I mean, I posted a picture of like Sasquatch at one point. Yeah, we we post memes. I'll post pictures. Yeah. Uh, we always post you know status updates on episodes and all that good stuff. So yeah, or on Facebook, Twitter, as well as Instagram, Reddit, and YouTube. Not on TikTok. Don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, why not? Maybe. Do you, you saw that one. At, I posted an actual clip. Uh, I'm going to do that. Uh, well, uh, 
Wow. Well, I'm going to start doing that more recently, give everybody like a sneak peek of the episode. So I, I plan think, on becoming TikTok famous someday. So, I mean, I'm so I think, just, I'll run that. Okay. I'll run that jam. Okay. So, I think TikTok would be perfect for that. So, yeah, we're on everything. Just find us there. Uh, just look at Snipe Hunt Podcasts. Literally anywhere, you'll find us. As far as not being popular podcast-wise, we're very search engine optimized. Like, if you search for us on Google or anywhere else, you'll find us. We are also on Patreon, and you can get some exclusive, super secret bonus content. Exclusive. Like blooper reel episodes and topic voting for as little as $1 a month. $1. And I'm going to be planning on doing some more stuff on there. So stay tuned. Uh, and the $5 tier gets you some extra spooky stories if you like that part of our show. Spooky stories. Or if you don't want to mess with Patreon, you can now go to snipehoppodcast.com, which will direct you to our host site, which is anchor.fm or whatever it is. And there you will find a support button and be able to support us without creating an account on anything. Score. The current tiers on that are $0.99, cents, uh, $4.99, and $9.99. That's $4.99. That's not $500 a month. No. <laughs> uh, a month, which will you can cancel at any time. Any amount is graciously appreciated. Yes. Like I said before, if you just want to get on Patreon, if you donate a dollar, go vote on topic, consume any content there, and just cancel it. I'm fine with that. Excuse me. What was that? Sorry. <laughs> Ooh, that snuck out. And as usual, if you have a topic, suggestion, question, comment, criticism, update, or if you have a story you'd like us to share on our encounter series, please contact us on social media or email us at snipehuntpodcast at gmail.com. We need those stories, so send them in. And now it's time for everyone's least favorite part, <laughs> the final joke. All right, Gary, you ready? Uh, I'm ready. For the final. Right. What do you call? Oh, your phone's sorry, ready. I, I hit Siri, sorry. Siri's ready. Maybe she can answer this for us. <laughs> what do you call a transformer who turns into a box? I'm trying to guess it myself. Okay. What do you call it? A transformer who I... turns into a box. Mm -hmm. An Autobot. I don't know. Hey, that's so bad. That's not bad. Amazon Prime. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you laughed. There you go. There you go. Amazon Prime. Thanks for listening. Wow. wow. The story of the box is a compelling one which features a first-person narrative we can all insert ourselves into. It's a story that taps into our fears and explains why bad things happen to good people. It gives us an explanation, a supernatural enemy, and grants us some control over that which we cannot control. We here at Snipe Hunt are not so confident to test the alleged evil spirit within. After all, there is always a possibility. And as long as the possibility remains, it is best to be on the safe side. It is best to contain frightening folklore. <laughs> Once again, we want to thank you for listening to Snipe Hunt. Your listening has been noted and will be reported to the proper authorities. All audio used was done so under fair use. The music you have heard in this episode was composed by Mayu, Nature World 1986, and in Studios. We'll continue to search for the unexplained and hopefully see you on the next hunt. And pray that the evil spirit take. And pray that the. <laughs> Dibbit got your tongue. Dibbit got my tongue. Like, uh, you 